When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. Uh, let's, let's shift gears to talk about these games coming up. So um, the Knicks late night action for the New York Knicks returns this week. Uh, they head out west. They will take on the uh, Sacramento Kings on TNT Thursday night. So a rare kind of spotlight game for those teams uh, to be playing each other on a TNT game. I can't remember the last time those two teams played each other on national TV. Uh, the Kings are one of the hottest teams in the NBA. Uh, they've won nine of their, of their last 12 games. They are uh, the number two seed right now in the Western Conference. Mike Brown, my vote for coach of the year right now, has done a phenomenal job this season. They beat the Pelicans on Monday without all-star guard De'Aaron Fox, who has been dealing with some, some uh, hamstring soreness. Head coach Mike Brown says it was his call to sit Fox who wanted to play in that game. So you think that maybe that was one of those rest deals and maybe he's back for this one. But, of course, we'll have to see how uh, their injury report falls out. The last time these two teams played was December 11th when the Knicks throttled the, uh, the Kings 112-99. De'Aaron Fox also missed that game as well. So um, the Knicks have not played uh, a full Kings team yet this season in their one matchup they had. So when you talk about this matchup, I know the matchup I'm looking at. Uh, regardless of Fox plays because of the history between these two guys, but what match were you looking at with these two teams and the Kings and the, and the Knicks? Yeah. First and foremost, there are just about the Kings. Let me first and foremost say I, I I've joked with them in the past and, and even heading into the season that trading Tyrese Halliburton was a terrible decision. I couldn't believe mm-hmm. they did it. He's one of the primary point guards. The Kings, as of this morning, are second place in the Western Conference, which is crazy. Um, so credit to them, credit to the organization um, for rolling the dice on the DeMontis Sabonis deal. Sabonis has played incredibly well um, since arriving in Sacramento, and he's he's been paired well um, with with De'Aaron Fox. So so good for those Sacramento fans that will finally snap the the, the longest uh, playoff list streak um, in in, uh, in in the NBA uh, this season. Um, and just the fact that how about the Knicks playing the Kings? There were eight teams in the NBA with 38 or more wins this season. Two of them are the Kings and the Knicks. Who would have figured that on on opening day? You would have got you would have got some pretty long odds um, yeah. had you been able to say that. Um, uh, so just a, and one other thing to mention regarding the Kings: um, not only have they won nine of twelve, not only are they second place in the Western Conference, um, and they've won six of seven. They their last they haven't played since Monday. They've been home since February 28th was their last road game. They they played wow. th- their last three games have been home games. Um, so a massive, you know, there's there's certain websites that compare rest, uh, you know, who has the rest advantage in certain games. This is a massive rest advantage game for the Kings. Not only have they had three days off, not only have they been home, the Knicks are playing, uh, as we talked about, uh, right to the buzzer Friday, double overtime Sunday, uh, another game right down to the wire Tuesday, get on a plane, fly out to California, uh, play on the road uh, Thursday night against a, a rested Kings team. So there's a lot working in the favor uh, of Sacramento in this game, something to keep in mind. Um, I'll be interested to see what the spread is coming at this one. Um, but yeah, uh, so so those are the things that I, I think are, are definitely worth mentioning, um, you know, heading into uh, 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 Thursday's game. Um, matchups wise, what do you got? What, what 
what's what's one one you keep? I mean, to me, whenever Randall sees Sabonis, it's usually war. Uh, that's how it's been since those two guys have matched up in the Eastern Conference. I don't know why. I don't think there's anything personal between these guys. I know these guys have battled for all-star spots in the past. So, But um, since Randall's gotten here, he seems to have taken that Sabonis matchup very personally. Now, Sabonis played a lot of five for the Kings this year. So how much time he gets on Randall might not be as much as off as he normally does. But um, if Randall is seeing some of those small ball fours that they will be playing against him, that could also – open up a lot of his offense as well. Um, they play a lot of Keegan Murray at the four. Harrison Barnes, who starts, also plays a lot of four as well. So um, what? how Randall does against their front court as a whole, I think, will be the matchup I'm looking to watch because uh, he had a lot of rag- ragged games last season, but the one game that stands out was the like, 40-point uh, special he had against the Kings where he hit like seven or eight threes in that game. And it kind of goes back to that consistent theme of if Sabonis is on the court with him, he's going to show he's the better player. So I would definitely expect Randall to bounce back from the performance he had against uh, the Hornets with the big yeah. one in Sacramento. Yeah, I think um, I think the point guard spot is is obviously going to be the wild yeah. card here. Does Fox play? Does Brunson play? Um, those will that that'll kind of depend. It sounds like Fox trending in the direction of, of playing. It sounds like he could have had it, had Monday been a playoff game for Sacramento. It sounds like he would have been able to suit up. Um, so we'll mm-hmm. see if he gets back on track. If not, um, Davion Mitchell played really well uh, for the uh, start, started in place of, um, of Fox on Monday. Scored 15 points, six assists. Um, six of eight from the floor, and you know that he's going to bring that intensity defensively. Yeah. Um, you know he's a defense first guy, so he's kind of uh, kind of like IQ in, in certain respects. Um, kind of a you know a, he's, he's smaller and, and doesn't quite have the combo guard capabilities, but um, can get after you defensively. Um, likes to push the tempo. Um, plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, so those two guys could theoretically be matched up if, if the starting point guards aren't back. Um, but should Brunson and Fox both return, um, which hopefully is the case. Um, then that'll be a, a, you know, Fox was one of the players that made the all-star game over um, Brunson as an injury replacement. Um, and, you know, Fox was a guy that was rumored to potentially be a, a trade target last year. Um, so, you know, Brunson wants to get back on the floor, um, wants to, to make his case as a, you know, and get the Knicks back on track. So um, that should be a very interesting matchup if that comes to pass. Yeah. And when you talk about this Kings team, um, even without Fox, they are extremely dangerous offensively. But don't Sabonis plays essentially a point center kind of role for them. He averages almost seven assists uh, this season. We talk about where they rank, um, you know, second in field goal percentage. Um, They're up there in in two point percentage. They're first in the NBA, third in field goals made. I mean, this is a a very dangerous offense, of course, number one in the league in points per game at one twenty one. 0.1 0.1 points per game. So when you talk about this Kings team, it should be a clash of styles. The Knicks don't play the kind of pace the Kings play. So when you think about this game, it's going to come down to, I think, who can impose their will more. And when you talk about the, the Knicks coming off of a, these ragged games they've been playing recently, um, where they've been playing long, extended, tough physical games, and the Kings, you know, they kind of smoked the, the Pelicans the other night, and they've been at home for a week and a half. Uh, you would think that they may be able to come out and really kind of impose their will on how they want to play on this game. It's been really fascinating watching this Kings' this team this season because Mike Brown came in um, with kind of like a mandate to improve their defense, which he has. I mean, they they were historically bad the last few years. They're still not a great defensive team, but they've improved in, in certain parts. They're a much better rebounding team this year, which is very important as well. But um, it, it's kind of been a remarkable shift for a Kings team that um, – as you mentioned in the NBA, longest playoff streak, they might have the worst longest playoff streak in all professional sports in America, I think. 
Right, um, right. All, all the major sports, between hockey, baseball, bat, and uh, NBA, obviously, and the NFL. And to see how they've turned it around this season uh, under uh, Coach Brown, uh, he, he, he deserves a ton of credit. Yeah, uh, and, and I think you that's an important point about the pace. I think that'll kind of determine the game. The Knicks, very, more than likely, um, aren't going to win this game 129-126. If they're going to right. be successful, it's because it's going to be, you know, 104-99 or, or 111 to, to 106, something along those lines. They are going to need to control the pace, especially, um, you know, they're they're playing at a rest deficit. Um, the, the, the Kings are going to look to come out flying and put the pressure on the Knicks and really make them run and make them work, make them exert energy uh, right from the opening tip. Um, if the Knicks can slow the, slow the pace down, control the defensive rebounds, um, you know, and, and, and get back in, not allow too many easy buckets in transition, make it a half-court game. They greatly increase their chances to win. I think that's going to be one of the really early keys to this game. I think we'll, we'll get a feel of it, you know, by halftime, by the third quarter. If it's trending in that really high-scoring direction, Knicks are in trouble. And I think uh, one of the matches to watch, and depending on whether, when, you know, if Fox plays, would be how they match up with the backcourt because – Kevin Herter is at a tremendous season this season as well. I mean, he's really come into his own after leaving the kind of the shadows of the, the Atlanta players, Young, and, and um, you know, obviously they traded Murray. They got Murray this summer to get him out of there. But he's been one of the best three-point shooters in the league. And if Fox plays, that could mean, okay, I guess you know Grimes is going to be on Fox, but that could mean either RJ or Brunson or if it's IQ. Somebody's going to be have to be able to stick <laughs> with Herter because he could he could really rattle them off and, and hurt you from behind the arc. I mentioned Keegan Murray; uh, he's a stretch four who can stretch, who shoot the ball, he shooting football forty uh, percent from the from the three this season on six attempts per game. So a lot of volume there. Malik Monk is a microwave scorer off the bench as well. So uh, Nick's gonna have to defend the three. Uh, they're really gonna have to. Uh, their defense is gonna be extended. Whether it's Mitchell putting pressure on the paint because he can fly, get up and down the court, or if it's Fox who is you know one of the best. Uh, you know, finishers in the league as a point guard, one of the best attacking guards in the league. Knicks are going to be spread out defensively. Uh, you know, they're going to have to be all in their P's and Q's, but your yeah, Herder is a guy that I think also will be someone to watch in this one. Yeah, the Herder deal, um, you know, looks like an absolute steal for, for the Kings right now. They yeah. traded him for um, top, I think, top 14 protected pick in the 2024 draft. Um, so, to, you know, to get him for, uh, you know, and he's still young, um, you know, to get him for. for yeah, he's 24 years old. <laughs> Great deal for the Kings. Yeah. Um, also, um, a chance to uh, get it a, a look at Keegan Murray, um, who's been one of the more impressive rookies this season. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to, to watch him too much. Um, so I really like this game coming out of school. So um, it will be interesting to see, uh, get an up-close look at, uh, at at Murray as well. But, yeah, the Kings, like the Knicks, are really one of those squads, um, you know, that greatly exceeded expectations this, e expectations this year. Um, are sort of playing at house money at this point. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're not uh, your uh, older brother. Brothers Kings, these 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 kids can play, <laughs> and uh, it'll it'll be a challenge for for the Knicks most certainly. Yeah, making the ghosts of Paja, Mike Bibby, and Chris Weber proud with the way uh, this team is played, and I'm, I'll be curious to see what they do in the playoffs because yes. I remember a couple years ago, like, and I remember really standing my ground because I really thought the Suns, the first year they got Chris Paul, would he reached the upper echelon of the Western Conference. A lot of people were kind of skeptical. And they came in that first round series against the Lakers, and it was a lot of well, well, you know, Suns have been good, but you know, Lakers got LeBron, they got AD, they're defending champs. Like they, they'll handle these guys. And my thing was, look, a lot of times the regular season kind of tells you the story what the playoffs are going to be, even though the names may be a little different or the teams may not be the team name brands you expect. Uh, they in the Suns ended up, you know, washing the Lakers essentially in that series. 
I kind of wonder if the Suns will do well, the Kings of that team this year. A lot of people will look at them, and I think whoever comes out of that playing, that there will be people racing to pick uh, against the Kings, especially if it's the Lakers or some of these other teams, like uh, you know the Warriors. If they slip and get back into that playing situation, like uh, this Kings team, man. If you've been following them, I know a lot of people haven't. They they are uh, high flying. They score a lot of points, and they are very difficult to stop. Just looking at the Western Conference standings right now, it, it is amazing. I mean, you, you theoretically could – the lower seed could be favored in every single matchup. Yeah. Um, you know, like, for instance, the, the you mentioned the Kings right now that the, the Timberwolves and Clippers are in that 7-8 spot. So let's say the Clippers win. Um, Clippers are going to be favored uh, against against the Kings in, in, the, in the first round. So. Um, you know, then you got the, the Lakers and Pels 9-10. So let's say the, the Lakers, you know – slip into that eight seed um they take on the nuggets and you know the nuggets should be favored um but you know and, and i'm sure they probably will be a you know a slight you know f- a favorite in vegas um but a lot of nba pundits will pick the lakers assuming lebron's yeah. healthy assuming ad's healthy um that's a scary team you don't want a part of a ton of pressure on on Jokic, especially with all the conversation around mvp tied to playoff success and yep. that ridiculous conversation um th- yep. then then you got the grizzlies um uh, uh, the the, the three six would be the Grizzlies and the and the Warriors. You know, the Warriors are who knows, um, if, yeah. who knows what's going on, but the Grizzlies are a mess ja, right yeah. now. John ja Morant and and you know all, all the other craziness that that's going on um, out in uh, they and they lost um, uh, Clark. Uh, you know with the, with the yeah, Achilles, Achilles injury. injury uh, yeah. Brendan Clark. That's a that's a major miss. And then you got the four five the, the Suns and and the Mavs. Um, whether they flip flop or not, but there's just so much parity. Um, and and one thing to mention, you know, just credit to Adam Silver in the league office. This play in format has been an incredible success. You got teams that um, normally would be out of it, fighting like heck, um, you know, to to qualify for the postseason. Um, you got teams that normally would just basically cruise. They don't care if they get the three seed or the seven seed or the five seed yeah. or the six seed. They are fighting like heck to avoid that seven spot. Um, so really, just really increase the level of competition, the level of play, the level of interest from city to city to city uh, across the country. This thing has been a major success for the NBA. Yeah, uh, people will complain about the regular season not mattering. And maybe that's true for the first four months of the season. It is not true for between now and April. Yep. The regular season matters a great deal to like about 10 teams in both conferences yes. who are trying to avoid uh, that playing situation. So, and, and the amount of parity between these teams, I mean, from Dallas at five to Utah at 13, you're talking about a three-game difference. <laughs> so, you know, tell me that those teams don't care about what's not they make in the playoffs. So, um, it should be a very fascinating thing to watch. And we'll stay in the Western Conference a little bit here because that's what it makes it. Be. 